session. Thank you, much better. Yeah, we are so glad that you are here with us this afternoon and we know that you are going to get really good things out of this app. We have a panel coming up that um, is just ready to pour into us. But before we get started, we wanted to take a minute and introduce ourselves. My name is Marissa Jenkins and I am a church planter and a pastor's wife. We are from Lawrence, Kansas and our church is Six, yes, go Jayhawks, that's right. We are serious about our basketball and we're a little upset with Villanova, but that's okay. Um, our church is six years old. It'll be seven years old in September. And we are loving uh, getting to do what we were created to do. I have, I'm married to my wonderful husband, Justin, and I have four kids. I have three boys, an 11-year-old, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and then God saw it fit. They finally got my girl, and so I have a two-year-old girl named Pippa, and she looks just like me. She's adorable, and she, she may be my favorite child. <laughs> They're not here, so I can say that, know, right? Right, right, absolutely. Nobody tell them. <laughs> well, my name is Martha Fry, and Matt and I started our church 20 years ago, and we started before the ark, and we say we did it the hard way, not the ark way, and, uh, but Matt got, Matt serves on the lead team with ARC. And so Matt and I, um, I remember when the conferences were small. I remember when Lori Champion and I were the only two women to show up at anything full of men. Listen, I remember when, I, I, let me tell you, I love this. So when the ARC men planned a conference, I think it was at, at Delenn's church and we had a tea or a luncheon and then we went and kind of did the spa and got massages. And the whole way over there, most of us were like, I wanna be in the session. I mean, I help lead, I need to learn. Why can't I be in the session? So eventually ladies, we all were loud enough that that's why we're in the sessions. So yay to the ladies on the lead team who help lead their husband's lead. And um, so we're celebrating 20 years of church planting this year. And I tell you what, I love being around church planters because we're, we're learning. Matt and I are still learning because church planters, you guys are just full of ideas and hey, we're gonna try this and we're gonna try that. So we learn from you guys. So we love it. I have three kids and uh, we have a 22-year-old daughter who is in LA doing what? I don't know, but she's just getting a job, trying to make it big. Okay, but she does go to Zoe Church, so praise God, she's in church. And then our, uh, my second daughter, Caroline, are you here? Is she here? Uh, she was like, Mom, I wanna go to another app session. But anyway, <laughs> she's my husband's assistant. So now not only do Matt and I work together and have to finagle through that, now we've thrown our daughter in the mix. Yeah, so if you, I will pray, write a book on that one day. Yes. Pray for her daily. So now we have at night, not only are Matt and I like, hey, let's stop talking about church. Now all three of us are like, okay, no more church talk. We're done. And so, but we're learning how to do ministry with our kids, which we love, and our sons in our college, and he's 19. And so when we started, our kids were little, and we just did life and ministry with our kids, and they're all still involved and so love it. So one day you will do life and ministry with I your kids. I hope so, yeah. Yes. Can I pick the kid? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be your which, daughter. Which one? I don't know. It might be my wild son that's gonna be a world changer. But all right, well, we wanna have fun because we're ladies and we believe that it's better to have fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, Martha, I don't know about you, but I suffer from a very serious disease. I'm a chronic overpacker. <laughs> Anyone else chronic overpackers? I mean, especially for the art conference, come on. Because, you know, you're coming to see your friends. Right. Or you're coming to meet friends. Right. This is not my Tuesday attire. It's normally yoga pants and a ponytail. Right. Like, probably I haven't brushed my hair or my teeth. <laughs> no makeup. At this yeah. time. Yeah. So, you know, you got to figure out what you want to wear. Not only gonna... that, then you have to be like, go to a session. Yes. See what everybody else is wearing. So Fill I need a out. couple of pairs of shoes. That's right. Do you want to be comfortable or do you want to shove yourself into the heels? Right. You know, heels all right. the way, right? Exactly. And then you have to deal with your husband who loves you and gives you a lot of grace, but you know he's pulling your suitcase through the airport, so you're probably going to get some flack from him for overpacking, right? Absolutely. It's rough being a girl. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on us, right? Yes. So and does anyone else overpack like me? So we were talking and we thought that- Oh, really? Just a few, who all overpacked coming here? Okay, yeah. yeah. 
Who all spent way too much time this morning thinking, one, why did I bring all these clothes? And two, I have nothing to wear to this conference. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, yes. how many outfits did you try on this morning? We're not even gonna go there. Okay. Because, yeah. We'll I, keep that our secret. All right. But we thought, okay, realistically, the conference is two days. Right. So you probably should bring like four outfits. That seems, you know, one day, one night. Who brought four outfits? Raise your hand, okay? Raise your hand if you brought five outfits. Keep them up. Drop them if, you've, if you're, you know, six. No judgment. We are six. proud and love we you. We won't tell you how many we brought. Seven? <laughs> seven? Do you see a seven? There's a seven. Seven, eight? Anyone? Eight? Who brought their closet? Come on, I closet. just brought my okay, closet. Who brought enough to clothe everyone in this room? Okay, eight. I think eight was our highest. Ten yes. outfits? Oh, right, right I think there. that lady in the back. Okay, yes. come on up here. We have a little prize for you. I know. Come, we want to honor you. Because like, not only yes, are you back prepared, here, your hand was raised. Yes. Come on. Be proud of it. There's no shame in that game. You not only have enough to be prepared for any situation, but you probably endured your husband's comments about how much you brought. And you're going to have to go home and be like, why did I bring all this stuff with me? Now I have to just put it away. So... Congratulations for being Enjoy. an overpacker. Yes. The joy of getting to be a girl. We can overpack. That's awesome. Okay, we have one more giveaway. Since we're both moms, we understand yes. what it's like to leave the kids at home and you have to make the arrangements and that's almost more work than just bringing them with you. Right. Did anyone bring a baby with them? Because we've been in that position where we've had to bring a baby. Because even when you get the kids arranged, if you get to the conference, then you're like, I get a night's sleep. But if you bring the baby with you, you don't get the night's sleep, you know? So does anyone have their baby with them? With them? With them. Oh, oh. How old? Your, Wait, your baby's you have... still in. <laughs> your baby's right. I know. Oh, look, there's babies all over babies. the place. Okay. Okay, Who's... how old is your baby? baby. Four weeks. Four I weeks. Love you. Whoa. How, over here. Six months? Six months. Anybody beating four weeks? I mean, that's Over here? Oh, in the back? How, how old? So yell it out real, real loud. Five months? I think four weeks. We have two four weeks. Dylan, do we have another gift? No, okay. So, four weeks and two out, like when were they born? <laughs> okay, I saw your hand first. Hey, listen, no joke. Church planting, I know this is some of the testimonies of other ladies, had... My baby on Friday, we had a special group uh, from Liberty University come in and do music for us on Sunday. Seven days later, I was leading worship because we're church planners right. and you can't afford to bring anybody it. else. So I'm so Let's excited cover. you guys are here with your babies. We let, but come on, can you send a friend because your baby's sleeping and you're comfortable? Are you gonna, yeah. oh, come on, yay. Bring up this oh, little mom's baby. With you and all, oh. look how, how sweet her baby is. Yes. Yes. And okay. Let's give it up for her, our moms of babies. Offer to get her a coffee. Offer to do something. Here you go. Yes, we will. We will take care of you. We will. Yes. I'll figure it out, Dylan. Right. Dylan's over there panicking. All right. All right. I'll figure it out. That's right. Well, thank yes. you. Let's give it up yes. to our moms who are here. They're doing it anyway with their babies. That's awesome. You do awesome, what it takes. Awesome. Yes. All right. Well, we want you to know that you are not alone. We don't want you to be the Thumbelina like Dino talked about this morning. Like, you're in this. We have resources for you. One great resource that you can check out if you are on Instagram or blogs. There's an ARC Women blog that you can, that Delyn does. Um, there's great snippets of just truth in there and encouragement. So if you have not seen that, we want you to go ahead and check that out. And we have a new newsletter coming out that Martha's gonna talk about and how you can get signed up for that. Yes, yeah, so right now I want everybody to take out their phones. We're gonna freeze up the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Guys are gonna be like, take what happened voice. to the Wi-Fi? <laughs> what happened to the Wi-Fi? Okay, so I want you to take out your phones and I want you to type in arcchurches.com forward slash women. Is it forward or back? Back. I don't know. You know how when you type it, just... This way. You guys are all young. You know it. You know what to do. So arcchurches.com slash women. And then I want you to scroll. You have to, I think it's two scrolls. And then there's a place where you can put your name and email to sign up for the newsletter. So go ahead and do that. 
I w- do we have any, I'm signing up for the newsletter music? Oh, there it is on, look. Is it women.artchurches.com? No. It's chain. Is it for real? Is it? I just did arcchurches.com backslash women, and that took you to it. Should do it. Did it work? Yes. Awesome. So for those of you if on your phone, if it didn't work, Martha can try women.artchurches.com. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, but we do want you to sign up for this newsletter because Who all got it signed will encourage up for you. It? Who, who all got signed up for it? How many of you are yep. still trying to type it in and you're like, <laughs> stop talking so I can type, so I can get this in? Quit asking me to raise my hand. <laughs> so no, this is a great way for um, us just to keep in touch with you and let you know things that are going on. You're gonna hear from other um, pastor's wives and leaders, not just pastor's wives, but leaders. And so if you're on there, uh, listen, if somebody writes an article and you're like, oh my goodness, I wanna know more, I need to pick her brain or whatever, there's a, like, you can reach out to them and call and stuff, so. Yes, that's Okay, so get for. signed up for that, okay? The number should be clicking up. But right now, as we get ready, we're gonna have a panel that we're that gonna kind of speak to us. But I wanna introduce to you the lady who oversees ARC Women, who has a heart for women. And, um, and in just a minute, I'm gonna let you honor her. But Delyn Rizzo has, for as long as I've known her, has reached out to help women be all that God's created them to be. She's empowered women. And even now with ARC Churches, I love how she just comes along the church planting wife and, and other women just to help you and your husband succeed and all that you guys do. Dino and Delyn have three great kids. And I tell you, the older I get, and oh, even as a young, young mom, I would, man, if somebody raised great kids, I honored them more. I wanted to hear from them. I wanted to learn from them. And Dino and Delyn, they're great parents. They have a great marriage. And so right now, I want you guys to get up on your feet and join me in honoring Delyn Rizzo. Come on, let's make some noise, ladies. Oh, they did such a great job. So awesome. So sorry about the slide up there not being correct. Did y'all get to sign up for the newsletter? Do we figure out what is the proper one? Does anyone know? What, Carrie? Back, back what? Slash. Did y'all get it? Okay, because it's so important. I want you to be a part of this newsletter. We are so excited that you are here today. I love that we can have this great big room of women. Isn't that incredible? Why don't you turn to the girl beside you and say, you look amazing. You look, like, you look like you've lost 10 pounds since I saw you last. I don't know about you, but that's like my number one compliment, you know? Yeah. Do y'all like to hear that? Like, I like to hear that more than anything else. Like, don't tell me my outfit's cute. Don't tell me whatever. Just say, oh, you look skinny today. I'm like, oh, thank you. Because, <laughs> you know, as you get older, it's a little harder, right? I'm in the 40s. I'm, I'm in the upper 40s. But we're so excited to have you, and it's just been a great conference so far this morning, right, girls? Wasn't it great? Wow. I didn't get to hear all of the message because I was backstage, but I cannot wait to download Daniel Floyd's word. I just heard it was incredible. We all need to hear that. Amen. And just the seven on seven. Do we not have some great girls? Man, Wendy Perez and Onika, you're going to get to hear more from her. And I just sat there in my seat and I looked at those girls and I thought, you know, that's what church to me is all about. Being able to see women like that, that you can look up to. I remember as a child having people come to our church and I thought, I want to be just like that girl, you know, that would be sing or speak or whatever that she would do. And I just love that because there's so many young girls that can look up to these and there's so many more. They're just two of all the amazing girls around the Ark family. Amen. So I just love that. So um, we're just excited to be able to come alongside you at Ark Women. You know, it's, we, we talk to the guys a lot and it's all about them sometimes but really, you're the backbone. I really feel that. I mean, what would they do without us, right? I mean, don't ever underestimate your role. I was telling somebody that the other day. They just kind of felt lost, and their husband's gone all the time, and they have this little baby at home, and they feel like they never see him. I can remember those days, but don't ever underestimate your role in that home to that husband in that church, and maybe you're a staff, uh, just person on staff. Maybe you're a volunteer 
All of it, it matters, amen? So we just honor you, and we wanna come alongside. We wanna help resource you, give you tools, encourage you. That's what ARC Women is all about. We have a great team of lead wives. You hear a lot about those guys, but all the girls, I think most of them are over here. Some might be in the back. Can you just wave your hands, girls? Give them a hand, and there's some in the back. These are a great, great group of women. You know, some of the ways that you can be a part of ARC Women is following us on Instagram. How many of you follow ARC Women on Instagram? Awesome. So what we do is we post blogs once a month from a great pastor's wife or someone in ministry that has great, great thoughts that can encourage you. So please sign up for that. Hopefully they have that on the screen. Yay, we got that right. And then my personal one, we always, when we post, we post on both. So I'll I'll post it on my personal Instagram, and then we'll do it on ARC Women as well. So don't miss out on those. We also do um, ministry spotlights. So um, we'll take a planner wife or somebody in ministry and ask her some questions that maybe you've been wondering about and just hear from her heart, and those are so insightful. I saw um, Tracy Breland, where's she at? Saw her somewhere. I know she did one recently. I can't find her. Maybe she's not in here, but... um, just to hear from the heart of women more of their story, amen, because we all have a story. So be sure you follow those. And then the ARC Women Newsletter. I'm super pumped about that. How many of you have received it before you just signed up for it? Has anybody gotten it yet? Okay, we've got a few girls. This is the issue. We can't just do a mass email to all the women in, in ARC. So you have to sign up for it. So that's why we want you to do that today. Please tell friends, tell girls in your church, whoever you come in contact with to sign up for this. We just sent out our spring issue and it's so fun. We had articles from Andy Andrews and Donna Patterson and currently loving things. Some We posted a blog on Instagram about what are some just practical things that you like as a girl. And I don't know about you, but I like that. I think that's fun. Like knowing the latest makeup thing or you know, a cute little table at Target or something like that. Do y'all like that kind of stuff? Am I the only one? I know you like that. Becca likes it. She's my shopper buddy. But um, please sign up for that and just enjoy it because it's really, really fun. So we just want to be here for you. All the lead team wives, I want to be here for you. If you need anything during this art conference, would you just grab us? Maybe you need a hug. Maybe you need just a pat on the back, some encouragement. Maybe you need a shoulder to cry on. Can I tell you that's what we're here for? So grab us during this conference. Email us. I think they're going to put my email. If you need anything, that's my job. And I want to be there for you. I want to just encourage you and love on you, and all of these girls do. But please know that you're not bothering us. You're not um, making, uh, taking us out of anything too important. You're the most important thing. Amen? So we're so excited this morning to have, or this afternoon rather, a great group of ladies that are going to come and share. And I don't know about you, but I get more from just hearing from girls, just their heart, just practical everyday questions than I do from probably a message. So we want to call them up here and we're going to talk about some great things. So I'm going to sit down. Is that okay? And we're gonna call these great girls up. So the first one we have today is Diana Nepstad. If you want to come. And I just love this lady. You can't help but love her. She is amazing. Um, her and Sean, and I love to say, probably your four daughters help you pastor too. Huh? They pastor in Antioch, California, and they've pastored there for over 16 years. And I just I adore her. She's just the bomb. And then we have Becca Ketterling, dear, dear friend. Known Becca and Rob for over 30 years. And Dino and Rob were... Um, college roommates, Bible college roommates, and we go way back, don't we, Becca? But we won't say how old we are. But dear, dear friends, and they pastor in Minneapolis, Minnesota at River Valley Church, and she is just so special to my heart. And then we have Onika, who was in the 707, McClellan, and she is just a little doll baby. Is she not the cutest? And her little white boots, I just love it. And I just met her in Earl like last year. And I'm going to tell you what, I just connected with you and you just stole my heart and just love, I just love them. And they have three beautiful children, adopted a little baby girl a few years back, and they are just doing a great job in the Dallas area, Shoreline City, and they're six years old, their church. And then we have Carrie Weems. Woohoo! 
So glad to have Carrie with us today. Carrie and I go way back. We're both Baton Rouge girls, known each other a long, long time. And uh, she's one of the smartest people that I know. If you've ever been around her, I'm just like, ooh, break that down for me, girl. Like, you know, she's just so smart and uses these big words. But she's amazing. And, uh, <laughs> and she knows what they mean, actually. <laughs> but they've been pastoring her and Stovall for 20 years at Celebration in Jacksonville, Florida. She just had her oldest get married. It's crazy that we're all in that season of life now. And then we're going to be grandmothers. I'm excited about that part. But um, why don't y'all welcome all the girls? Aren't they great? Awesome. So what I want to do is, girls, if y'all could just first off, and hopefully you can just pass the mics, we have a couple, just say a little bit what's been going on in your world. I know we all have crazy worlds and kids and life, and just give us just a couple minutes each what's been going on. Well, my role at um, the church that we pastor at, um, Fellowship Church, it's in Antioch, California, about 45 minutes from San Francisco. So it's my backyard. I grew up there. And so um, we're in a season of, I am ending the phase of homeschooling. And so for some of you that are starting the homeschool journey, there is an end. So for me, um, I graduated my eldest daughter. She's in college. She's in university right now. And I am getting ready to graduate my um, other three daughters. They are um, 17 and 16-year-old twins. They're ready to take the charge as far as you know, their life, their calling, activating it. And so um, they will all soon be in college. And so my responsibilities have enlarged. I'm, I'm more of a now ex receiving more invitations to speak um, what has been my forte. Uh, I've raised happy girls and that love Jesus. So thank you, Lord. Yeah. Um, and along with that, um, uh, having a hand in the creative process at our church, similar to what um, Carrie is doing right now. Um, so I'm, I'm stepping into that a little bit more and leading teams. And so that's my world right now. Fantastic. Becca? Yes, ma'am. So um, Rob and I pastor River Valley in Minneapolis, and uh, we just had a blizzard this weekend. We had 17 inches of snow. And we actually closed church for the first time in 23 years. So it was, it was pretty crazy. But um, yeah, so we started 23 years ago. And um, we have two boys. Um, Connor is 24. And Logan is 21. And he just got married eight months ago. So I have a daughter now. And um, she's here with me today. And so she's like the cutest girl in here. And um, I was, I've been telling my friends today, I just got to introduce her. And... Um, you know, as moms, we pray for our kids um, and our two boys. I'm like, God, give them great godly wives. You know, we pray and pray. And um, basically, my prayer was just that she would love Jesus. Yeah. And um, instead of just that, he gave me someone that um, is like exceedingly abundantly above what I could have asked or thought because um, she's just so amazing. So blessed with a daughter this year. And um, I do women's ministry at our church. Um, I didn't used to do that. But um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and so I'm just, we have weekly sisterhood. We're getting ready for our conference that we do in the fall called Sparkle. And um, working on the invitation for that this week. And um, so that's kind of what's, yeah, we're officially empty nesters now after Logan got married. So um, our kids are both in ministry with us, which is such a joy. They're both on staff um, doing either connections ministry or our young adults ministry. And, and then our daughter-in-law is in fashion. So we're just really blessed. And um, it's a fun time in ministry right now. So Love it. Hi, I'm Onika McClellan and from Dallas, Texas. Actually from California originally, but we live in Dallas. And our church is six years old. Before that, we were executive pastors for 12 years. And we have three kids. I have a two-year-old. Her name is Elle. And she has just stolen our hearts. It's a crazy story. Um, on a Monday, we get a text message about a baby um, needing to be adopted. Did we know anyone who would want to adopt a baby? By Friday, she was in our home, and our life has been wrecked in the very best way. And then we have an 8-year-old and a 13-year-old, and we are navigating the preteen stage, the less word stage. My 8-year-old talks a million miles a minute, and my 13-year-old just says, what's up, Mom? And so I'm navigating that. 
And as far as the church, I'm just right there in the thick of things, have been from the very beginning. So I'm just involved in any and everything and run right alongside my husband. And I would say in this season, he's stepping back a little bit more and casting more vision and working on his messages. And so I call myself the Earl Whisperer. So I kind of whisper what I feel like God is saying to him when he says it to me. And I whisper it to our team and help our teams run. First of all, I wanna say, do you see how short my legs are? My feet are literally not touching the floor. That's why I'm squirming so much up here on the chair. I'm not, I just want you to know my feet don't touch the floor. It's super uncomfortable. So anyway, that's awesome. just want you to know if I seem a little bit fidgety, that's why. Okay, moving on from there though. Um, so what is going on in my world is my 21-year-old daughter just uh, got married in March, March 9th, and to a guy that we really love, and they live in Jacksonville like 15 minutes away from us. My oldest, my son, who's 18, is graduating this year. My youngest daughter, who's 16, is getting her driver's license in a few, week, a few weeks, and that's gonna be the end of driving people places for me. And, um, and honestly, like, I will admit, I've had Uber take my kids to school a couple of times. Hey, I love that. I'm That's pretty good. How many of you, if, if there was Uber when you were a teenager, your mom would have been Ubering your behind all over the city? She would, my mom would have been. Y'all are like, no way, my mom wasn't, wasn't that bad of a loser. That's like you are. No, um, and then, uh, let's see. And I'm launching a podcast on uh, June 1st. And so I'm very excited about that. And I'm writing content and filming episodes and recording episodes and all that kind of stuff. And I also have out there, if you, I don't know if you saw it, but I did a re-release of a book called Clueless. Um, and it's about things I wish I knew before I became a mom. And I wrote it, I, I guess, six or seven years ago, but I so believe in the message of that. So I relaunched it, I reprinted it, and I also did a small group curriculum to go around it. So that's exciting for me. Awesome. Well, that leads us right into my first question for you, Carrie, talking about motherhood and your book, Clueless. Kind of tell us your thought behind the title. I mean, I know we all felt clueless when they were little, and sometimes I still do with adult children. But... Um, <laughs> for sure. But tell us some thoughts about motherhood in the book, because I haven't got to read it yet. Tell them a little bit. Yeah, um, I came up with the title because honestly, that's how I felt when I had my first child. And you know, I had a lot of expectations about what being a mom would be like. And it was really like nothing met the expectations that I had. And honestly, it was just a lot harder than I thought it would be. And I know that for some people, every, for everybody it's hard. Um, but I'm just, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I was going over these different Myers-Briggs profiles with my daughter one day, because she took the Myers-Briggs, and so I was explaining to her, and she came across mine. My, my Myers-Briggs profile is INTJ. And, um, and so they have all these things like INTJs as, as uh, in the workplace, INTJs in romance, and they said INTJs as parents, and it said, INTJs really don't make very good parents. <laughs> like it said that in the profile. And then it went on to say all the reasons that they're not good parents. And um, she said, yeah, all these things are you. And then she said, then it said all the things that are good about them, right? So I got redeemed at the end. And, I, and one of the things was they, they if they do have children, they're, they create very independent and strong thinking kids. And she said, you know what? You did that for me. And when I was little, it bothered me a lot that you didn't, you know, make crafts with me and do all that stuff, but um, play games. But, uh, which I did do those things, I will say. And I remember them. But... Um, she said, you, but I'm so thankful now because you've taught me how to stand on my own two feet and I'm, you've made me independent and um, I love that about you. So all of us have their different, I was so clueless about, um, about what it meant to be a mom. And so that's really why I wrote the, we made the title Clueless. Love it. You're a great mom, Carrie. Thank you. <laughs> You're all those things. And I will say this too, the difference, like the book is not about how to be, like here's a method for motherhood. It is really about stewarding your soul in a season of expansion. And so it's about like, how do, you keep, how do you keep your identity solid? Like when you have a baby, your identity completely shifts. Your husband's basically remains the same until they start talking, maybe. Like it just, you were in a, I was on a diff, totally different planet than Stovall when I had a kid. And our, I felt very out of sync with him. It impacted, I wouldn't say it impacted my marriage, it impacted how I perceived my marriage. And so um, just that, you know, I think stewarding your soul when you have kids, it's a really big deal. So it talks through a lot of that. That's great. That's good stuff. Diana, I know you have four beautiful daughters you talked about. And I remember you saying one time to me that at one point you had four under four. Is that right? Four under two. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's even crazier. Okay. 
<laughs> say that in the mic. No, okay. We won't say that. Okay. How did you survive that? I mean, I, I just can't imagine having that many little ones running around the house and trying to pastor a church and be a wife. How did you survive that and planning a church all at the same time? <laughs> I just have to say it's Jesus, um, you know, being on my knees, getting on my face, you know, just, um, I remember hearing the stories of Susanna Wesley. I don't know if you're familiar with her story. She is the mother of the great revivalists um, of America, and she, um, uh, one was a hymn writer, the other one was a revivalist, a preacher of the gospel, and so I remember hearing stories about her where she had 20, I believe, up to, upwards to the 1921 kids, somewhere around there. Don't quote me on that. Um, she lost some through childbirth, but that was the outcome of her um, process of family. And I remember hearing um, the story of her putting a towel over her head just so she can have quiet time. And so um, I adopted that, believe it or not. I went into my bathroom and threw a towel over my head and got alone with God, and I was like, if it worked for her, it will certainly work for me. <laughs> so um, for me, uh, the process between my husband and I, we were just a young couple. We were young and in love. You know, we um, took a crack house, you know, in, you know, the downtown area of Antioch, and we tried to flip a house, and it was a slow roll for the next two years. And so that being said, with Four children under the age of two. We never thought about birth control. I'm going to be real frank. I'm that kind of girl. I'm real honest, all right? I'm West Coast girl all the way, all right? Orale. So, <laughs> I love it. Needless to say, there is propriety um, that will come out sometimes. And for, needless to say that um, the story for me was we never had that discussion. So when we had four babies under the age of two, it wasn't like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, everyone was you know, up in arms, scared. I, I wasn't. I just knew it was, it was something that was given to me as far as from God. And so um, I just knew I was going to have a family of girls. And um, I just buckled down and prayed and got a hold of God. And he taught me through the process, believe it or not, of how to manage my world, um, how to um, teach my daughters, you know, to love God, how to um, have my own peace of mind. I had a world before Sean Nepstad. I'm still the same woman after Sean Nepstad. Does that make sense? You don't lose your identity. And so um, there will be, there was phases of questioning God, asking God why, why certain seasons were longer than others. But at the end of that process, I just realized that um, it was a, a gift of God that I was given and I embraced it wholeheartedly and he kept me. Y'all have done a great job. Thank you. If you know those four girls, I mean, they are something special. And we miss them like being here because they're always at art. I know. I they're know. amazing kids. So y'all have done a great job. Onika, I know you still have small kids. So out of all of us, you have the youngest children still. And you recently adopted your baby girl that's so beautiful. And your church is growing and you and Earl are in high demand, leading and speaking. How do you handle it all? Because I know that's a common question that a lot of, you know, and they've touched on it. You know, how do you really balance it all? Is there a balance and how do you guys do it? That's a great question. For sure, I would echo the obvious, which is spending time with Jesus. And I find when I don't spend time with Jesus, that's when I feel like I'm sinking and I'm drowning. And it sounds so like, give me more, tell me the nuts and bolts. But really, listening to worship music changes the atmosphere of my heart and our home. And literally, that is my staple. And when I don't do it, I can feel it and I find myself struggling. And so for sure, time with Jesus is the, the gas that I run on. And then I would say we had a good flow when we had two children. We really did have a good flow. It didn't get crazy till we had three. And our third came right when we were renovating. Our, we had just bought a new building and we're in the process of renovating it. So it wasn't like the ideal time to have a newborn baby. And that was when we felt the most stretch or the strain if you will. And so we had a heart to heart. I actually had a heart to heart with my husband because we both talk constantly and over communicate with each other, our needs and our struggles. And before L, yes, um, I don't keep it tucked in. I just share it um, passionately, but respectfully. And there's a way you can say things. There's an art to the way you can say something and you get a better response in the way that you say it. There's a whole wife vocabulary that I have. 
But with that said, I had a heart chart with him and I said, this is with two. I said, I think we're getting to the point where our cup is really full and I feel like we need help. And at that time, he was like, we're good, we got it. I don't think we do, we have a good flow. And so then our third baby came and he said, we need help. And so now that we have three, we do have someone that helps us because I work full time. And so I have like an army around me of girls that help me do what I do. And I'm not going to say that I do everything by myself and that, because I don't. I have someone who I'm mentoring, who I pour into, who runs alongside me. And it's actually been really, really beautiful to watch because she gets to see me as a wife. She gets to see me as a mom. She gets to see me as a pastor. When I'm making things in the crock pot in the morning, I show her what I'm doing because she's a newlywed. And so then she goes home later that night. She makes it for her husband. And so with that said, I do have help to allow me to do what I do. But at the same time, it's all Jesus. I could not do it without him. And I just have gotten help within the last year. But I think over communicating with my husband, him knowing what I'm feeling, how I'm feeling and vice versa. And then knowing that it's okay sometimes to say no. And it's okay sometimes to sit one out. Because I find when I try to say yes to everything, that that is also when I feel very overwhelmed. But when I'm just honest and I say, I need to sit this team night out as much as I wanna be there, because I'm at almost everything, but some, you know when you just, you just get that nudge, like you need to be home tonight. And so I take it moment by moment, case by case, kid by kid. I definitely don't have a formula. I just listen to my, to my gut and my gut usually leads me correctly. That's so good, so good. Because you can so feel guilty when you don't exactly. go to that team night though sometimes. And you got to get free from that, girls. It's taken me a long time because I'm such a perfectionist. So don't beat yourself up. When you feel that, it's a God thing. So good. Um, Becca, I know we've known each other for a long time. And I know when you guys first started your church, you worked a full-time job outside of the church as an accountant. And I thought that was so cool. And I can remember you guys telling us, you know, when we need her to, you know, to help our income. And um, that's her place right now. And in talking about that, I think for a second, I just want to ask you girls, how many of you work an outside job, like outside of the church? Wow, look how many. Amazing. How many of you girls like are on staff as volunteers or, you know, do a lot of the church as a pastor's wife, but you don't get paid like everybody? (laughs) That is so cool. Isn't that awesome? I just love that. That's what it's all about. You got to do what you got to do. So Becca, in those early years, that's what you felt called to do. And then you kind of grew into your role at church, you know, leading the women and doing a conference now and being more involved, I think, in the church as Rob's, you know, co-leader. Kind of explain your journey with that, because I think that's where a lot of us have been. I know for my journey, it was very slow in doing more in ministry. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I just... It's been quite a journey for me. Um, I never was in the ministry before. My husband wasn't in the ministry before. And so even when I started dating him, I like kind of got this scary pit in my stomach because I knew he was going to be in ministry. And that just was never in my plans. Um, I just, I had always wanted to be an accountant and I always wanted to be in business. And so um, when we, you know, decided we were going to get married, I was like, oh, Lord, what does this look like? Like, I don't play the piano. I don't sew my clothes. And... I, you know, that was my kind of picture of a pastor's wife, and I just had no clue. And so um, when, you know, we started out, I'm, I'm like Carrie, I'm an INTJ, so I guess I was a bad parent. <laughs> but um, no, but I'm just, I'm an introverted person, and I um, loved doing business. And so when we planted our church, my husband said, you know what? We need your income. You do your business. And um, all I need is, you know, your support behind the scenes, which I obviously wanted to give and I did give. But um, this was a a 10-year journey for me of working in the marketplace and really um, asking God, what what would you have me do in the marketplace while I'm here so that I, you know, I'm obviously really involved in the church, but um, I was able to kind of minister minister in the marketplace as well. So I did enjoy that time. Um, I never wanted to be um, in the ministry as far as be on the stage. I always wanted to be behind the scenes, but um, eventually God did call me into that, and um, I kind of went kicking and screaming um, I didn't want to lead the women. I didn't want to speak on stage. But um, that's what he asked me to do. And so in 2005, um, I was at a conference similar to this, and he just said, you know what? 
Um, there was a, a lady up on the stage speaking who was very nervous and her voice was shaking and she gave a beautiful message and God just said, if she can do this, you can do this. And I was like, Lord, no, I, I, I can't. Sorry, I really can't. And um, through a series of, you know, other people encouraged me and some prophetic words and um, I was just like, okay, God, I know this is what you're asking of me. So I literally just stepped out. I put a great um, group of women around me in our church and I said, okay, this is what God is calling me to do. I have no idea what to do. Would you help me? And so they were so gracious and they've been so gracious over the past 12, 13 years to just come alongside me and encourage me. And so I've stepped into that role now. And um, you know what? I prayed in the beginning because some of you out there may be feeling like, you know what? I don't really even love being with women, you know? Um, I, <laughs> you know, it, it's true though. Um, the, a lot of people are love being around women and I just was like, you know what? I'm good. Like I have my boys and I have a couple friends, but um, I just prayed in the beginning, Lord, would you give me a heart for the women that I don't feel like I have right now, but would you please give that to me? And obviously he's done that and I am just so grateful um, now to be leading our women's ministry and doing what I'm doing. But I just want to encourage you, like whatever role you're in, whether you're in the marketplace, whether you're volunteering at church or whether you're on staff co-pastoring with your husband, whatever that role looks like, um, that's what God's called you to do. And so if he is calling you into something different, just be obedient in that because I've just seen the blessings from that so much and just being obedient. My motto is do it afraid. You know, you just step out and you just, you kind of bump your way along. And I, I've always told my girls, I have no clue what I'm doing, but just let's do this together. And so um, it's just been beautiful to see what he's allowed to happen in that obedience. So I just encourage you wherever you're at, don't feel like you need to be in a different role that you're not in because God will show you and he'll call you to that. But just, you know what? Bloom where you're planted. I know it's really cliche, but wherever you find yourself, um, just just thrive in that and, and stay there until God moves you on. That's, that's what I would say. So good. Because so many times we can feel less. Don't you think, you know, when we compare ourselves to other women and we're not doing that or, you know, we don't look that way or... They just, you know, Wendy Perez and Onika, how they speak, we could never do that. And so then we devalue who we are and our calling and where we're at right now. So we cannot do that, girls. Amen. Where you're planted right now is the most important place you can be. So thrive there. What about you, Diana? Can you share a little bit about your journey, you know, and your growth from when you started and where you are now as a pastor's wife? Um, if I could share just a little bit, you know, with a little, um, a little more expose of Diana Nepstad. Um, my husband was 20 and I was 25 when we got married. Not a cougar, maybe a puma, maybe a black panther. Oh, oh. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, yeah, the girl got game. Anyways, um, needless to say, when um, we started the church, I had four babies under the age of two and um, I believe it was in year three, babe, right? A year three that we planted the church up north. And um, I was a very, um, uh, very scared, very nervous kind of girl. I didn't have a strong cultural role model in my own dynamic of family. So I had to borrow from other people's worlds. Like I went to Lois Evans, Dr. Lois Evans, um, her women's event. Um, I wish I had leading and loving it. I wish I, I had ARC women. Um, but I had to steal from and look at other models. Um, my own pastor's wife was going through a divorce as I was launching into um, my personal ministry, so to speak. So four babies under the age of two. Um, very nervous, very awkward. I will never forget this conversation I had with another woman who comes from a different paradigm of women in ministry. And this is what the conversation entailed. She said, Diana, just focus on your kids and, and, and basically just do that. In other words, you won't amount to anything else beyond just being a mom. So it's a very one-dimensional life. So it's almost as if she put a prophetic, you know, like um, word out there over my life, like that you'll only amount to being a baby maker. Wow. Wow. So say that to a Spanish girl. Wow. And, and believe me, the, the cultural norms of what that entails speaks volumes to a young, fragile girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it does. So we have to be careful with our words, for one. Yes. Secondly, 
Um, I, I remember just um, oh, with some of you girls that are holding babies. I remember um, pushing a baby stroller, triple stroller. I was just telling Carrie Weems that. Pushing a triple stroller. They have that. I, I was an owner of one. And I had my eldest on a leash. Don't judge me. And, <laughs> serious. And my hubby says, I wish they had a shock collar. No, that, we call that abuse. Okay? No. And so my world was a triple stroller, one on a leash, and just getting alone with God. At every function that, you know, um, a conference would be hosted in our area. I was the first one in there. All the men in the room, but I was in the fringes. I wanted to get a hold of God. Whatever my husband wanted to learn, I wanted to learn. Yes. I wanted to be in the room. But then all of a sudden, as the baby stages, I was invested in, sewing into my world, homeschooling. It, believe it or not, homeschooling developed the speaking part of me. Being in kids' ministry, ch children's church helped that as well. And so all of that took place, and this evolution of Diana Nepstad happened. And believe me, don't count yourselves out, introverts, all right? I'm an introvert. Orale! You got to, you know, pull it out. It, you know, that's not a death sentence. That's just another layer of who you are. And so as I progressed in my own personal ministry, um, it, I got a little more confident. I got a little bolder. I, I, I became more myself, my true self. And I, I'm not in competition I'm, a, I'm an advocate for women. I'm a propeller of women. And now, because of me saying yes to God, saying yes to things and not putting barriers and, and putting God in a box and having the Holy Spirit in a box, I just said yes to the Lord and with no conditions. Now I'm able to say yes. Now I'm, I'm, I'm part of leading and loving it. Now I'm part of, you know, the speaking panel for Propel Women. And all of that, because I said yes to the Lord back here. If, if I can give you this little piece of advice and, and encouragement to you is one, to be yourself, and two, just say yes to God. Don't try to put, you know, like conditions, barriers, like, like questions, like I'll only say yes to at this point. Believe me, he'll shut it down and not open any door for you. But if you say yes to the Lord, oh my gosh, the floodgates will open and he will use you in the most unique places that you never thought you could see yourself in. And so that was the evolution of who I am, you know, and just thanking the Lord. And, the, and I, I have confident daughters, four teenage daughters that are not, you know, um, uh, questioning God, that are not um, socially awkward, if I could put it that way. They love Jesus. And if you follow their Instagram, there's something special. All right. It's, yeah, you should follow them. They're kind of crazy. And I hope they represent the Nepstad name well. Anyways. <laughs> Um, but, but needless to say is that um, I think all, all in all, the journey for me was just saying yes to Jesus. Right. And believe me, once he gets a hold of that yes, he'll take you places that you never asked for. So true. Never asked for. So good. Are y'all getting anything out of this so far? Good. It's so cool how these are always a little different, you know, what comes out. And it's funny that um, one of my questions is about to carry being an introvert and how I didn't even realize when I asked these ladies to be a part that we had three introverts. I guess me and you aren't as much, maybe. Um, but, you know, I was telling Carrie this one day. I think it was you, Carrie, because I've never done those tests till like a couple years ago. And I kind of I surprised myself, though. When, it, when you come to tallying it all up, I was kind of in the middle on how, like, what's the question? How do you recharge so it was like sometimes it's being around a ton of people and sometimes it's not. So I'm kind of in the middle, I guess, on that. But they were like, just pick extrovert. You're more that. I said, okay. But um, it's just interesting because you would not think a pastor's wife or a leader in ministry could be an introvert and do well, right? But I know Carrie and I did a, a hangout, an ARC Women hangout about a year ago. And I mean, just so many people related to that. And just share a little bit of your heart, and so we can hear all your smart wisdom on, on being an introvert. Because I know, how many of you feel like that's what you are out there? Oh, my gosh. Wow. The introverts are taking over. <laughs> um, just share a little bit. And then I want you to, that feel like that's more your area, just to hit on in a second. And then we've got to end this, because we've been talking a lot. Go ahead, Carrie. Yeah. Um, without taking up too much time, um, I didn't... I, I, I've discovered that I was an introvert, honestly, 
during the first two years of our ministry when we planted the church because I was having panic attacks um, before um, new member luncheon or anything that would be include working a crowd. I'm very comfortable on stage because I was in theater growing up. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable on stage. I'm comfortable speaking. I'm not shy if I want to. There's a difference between introversion and shyness. Um, shyness means that you really want to talk to people, but you're afraid to do it. Introversion just means I'm super happy to be by myself. Like I will go to a movie by myself. I'll go to a restaurant by myself. I'll go on vacation by myself. I don't care. I don't need to be around people. I, I, I mean, it takes me a long time. Like I could be alone for two weeks. And then after that, I would be like, maybe I should call someone. Maybe somebody, I, I, do, I love being alone. And so another, something that was really difficult for me in the ministry was the level of um, interaction with people where it's working a room. You're not working the room, but you need to go from person to person to person. And I have trouble getting off my block in a conversation, handing off, because I also, something that, that amplifies this trait in me is that um, if you've ever, who's ever done like the strength finders test, leading from your strengths? Okay, so I'm, I, I have responsibility as one of my top. And so when I start talking to someone, they start telling me about their life, immediately I assume psychological responsibility for their well-being, also known as codependency. And so, and so I had to learn how to draw boundaries. I'd had some, um, you know, I just had, I had to work. Like, I just had to work to learn some skills. I had to learn that small talk is a skill. There's a skill to, getting off your, to handing off a conversation. There's, there's skills that you can be learned. It's not some magic thing that some people, some people do have that naturally, but all of us can learn it. And um, so I started just, doing those techniques. And some of the problems that I had were my interpretation of what people expected of me. So in other words, I didn't, no one ever told me that I was failing to meet their expectations. I just assumed I was because I thought that they expected something of me that they didn't expect. Yeah. Like when people would confide in me or talk, you know, talk, talk to me about what was going on in their life, they weren't accept, expecting me to assume psychological responsibility. They just wanted me to empathize. But as a strong thinker, I have trouble with empathy. And so I don't have empathy. Like, why are you telling me this if you don't want me to do something about it? And that's really what I thought. Like, you're telling me this because you want me to do something about it because why would you just talk about something? I'm the opposite of you. Can I tell you a funny story really quick? I'll, then I'll be, awesome. Okay, so... Um, when I became events director at our church a long time back, um, I was so excited about this. I get very excited about systems when I develop systems. I'm really nerdy like that. And so um, I developed all these systems for events, like dividing everything into zones and everyone gets walkie-talkies and this is how we're gonna manage the volunteers and this is how we're gonna stay financially solvent. And so I spent like days, days and days and days doing this. And I came home after the final day and when I finished it and I sat down on the couch and I was like, I have to tell you about events. And Stovall goes, okay, what? Because he's thinking, there's been a money problem because that's the first thing he always thinks when I say I have to talk to you about something. And, um, and I, so I start telling him about all my systems that I created for events and about halfway through, he stopped me and goes, Carrie, 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 as my events director, you don't have to tell me every detail about the events department. And I said, I'm not telling you as your events, events director, I'm telling you as your wife. And he said, even so. <laughs> So we're the opposite, we're in, we all process internally. But that's another thing I had to learn about, about introverts is we, one thing about introverts is we are inter, internal processors. So we don't need to talk it out necessarily when we're processing something. We wanna hold it in and get it finished and perfected and understand what we, what, what is it? Like, how do we feel about it? What, how, what are the factors? What are the wins and losses of the situation? And then once we come up with that, we wanna present it to, we've already come up with a solution because we've been thinking about it for like, three months. And so when we take it out of our brain and speak it, we're already ready to change it, right? To change the situation, change it. Okay, but the person we're talking to, they, wasn't, they weren't aware that there was a problem. So sometimes we can come off as overly intense for the situation because we've been processing internally. And then we say something like, I've got to hire a new assistant right now. And he's like, what? You, is there a problem with your other one? I'm like, how can you not notice this? You know, but I had to learn to bring people but in my marriage, I had to learn this, and then also in leadership, to bring people in earlier into the change, um, the, the, the process of, um, there's, a, there's like a whole circle of like change. So the first thing is being aware that there's a problem. So I would identify the problem and then figure out why it's a problem and then figure out the solution. And then the next, the, like stage four is enacting a solution. And I wouldn't even talk about it till stage four. And so I would seem very overly intense. And so... Um, <laughs> That's some of the things I've had to learn how to process out loud, allow people into my processing, be, be able to share control. Um, that's not easy for me to do because um, my way is always better. 
And then I had to, it's always the best way. I've been thinking about it four times as long as you. And um, <laughs> it's true, it is. And I know that it's better, but I need to help you understand that it's better. I just need to give you a while for that. And then the other thing is to understand that people who are extroverts often are out loud processors. And it's not that they're trying to be careless with their words. They actually just need to get them outside of themselves to kind of imagine that you're, like they need to get them out here so they can look at them and understand them and see how they feel. And does it make sense out here? This is because they don't process in here. They process out here because that's what extroversion is. And so they need to say it. So I had to learn with Stovall, when he's processing out loud, he's not making a commitment to me. Those are just ideas in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Those aren't promises. (laughs) Like, why are you gonna say that if you don't mean it? Don't you know Jesus says you'll give an account for every word? Uh, What's wrong with you? That's awesome. But I had to learn the difference between processing and planning, so that's it. I told y'all she was smart, right? (laughs) Well, I just learned I'm definitely not an introvert because I have to talk it out. I mean, I have to talk it out and talk it out and talk it out and talk it out. And so we have two at our house like that. So my poor husband and McCall. So, <laughs> yeah, we're, okay, I'm, I guess I'm an extrovert. Okay, what do you want to say? Yes, Anika? I just wanted to say something um, to the young church planners out there, to those of you who are in the season of the struggle or the strain or the sacrifice financially. I remember when we first started our church, you're just on my heart right now. I remember when we first started our church six years ago, we went from an awesome double income, doing amazing, great house, kids in private schools, to moving to a new city, selling everything and going into a very small rental house. And I remember um, shutting down the part of my heart that one day God would provide for us a great house because I was just in the grind and building, 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 and the church was doing awesome. God was sending great families, raising up incredible leaders, but I'd come home to the two bedroom, one bath, no pictures on the wall, super small TV, and just wonder, God, have you forgotten about me? And so I just wanna encourage those of you that are in that season and in that stage that God has not forgotten about you, that he is gonna provide for you, that he sees the pain that you're going through, he hears your prayers, he sees your sleepless nights, but that he is going to take care of you exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine, and also what he's building on the inside of you during the time that you're going without, whatever it is that you're going without, makes you strong and ready to step into all that he has for your church. And so I just wanna applaud you and thank you for your sacrifice. And I just wanna encourage you that it is gonna get better and that God sees you. That was so good. I just wanna share just a quick little example of that because we've all been there. Yeah. And um, we actually built um, a new house and we were all excited to get in. We had a little bit of money left over for landscaping, you know, cause they'll <laughs> yeah. just put in some sod. And we came to a point in our church where we had a huge financial crisis and our administrator had been um, not honest with us. And so we literally had zero money. We had nothing. We, we were like minus a million dollars in the hole. And, and we thought we were probably gonna shut down. And um, obviously we were devastated and um, we gave every single penny we had um, for our landscaping money. You know, we gave it all to church. We're like, God, please save us. We don't know how we're gonna survive. And so... Um, we kept, we started to dig out of the hole and the church did amazing. And in within like three or four months, we had paid off everything. We were back to zero and we had a big party. We're at zero. And so, but a few weeks after this, um, someone came up that was in the service and he said, Hey, I don't even go to your church, but, um, I was going to give today. And God told me, don't give in the offering, but I want you to do, um, Pastor Rob's landscaping. He's like, does that mean anything to you? And he's like, hold on right there, let me get my wife. And so he brought me over and he said, this guy is a major landscaper, like doesn't even do our community because he does really high-end communities. And he said, God just told me like to do your landscaping, does that mean anything? And I'm like, unbelievable. So just to let you know, um, we had $3,000 saved up for landscaping and he came in with his team and did um, like gardens, nine trees. It was literally like $25,000 worth of landscaping that they did for us. So God sees you. He knows where you're at and he will bless you. Love it. Love it. I hope y'all got something out of this. Did you enjoy it? Why don't you give these ladies a big hand clap? So great. So awesome. Why don't we all stand? And let's just close in prayer. I just love hearing their stories. It just inspires us, right? Because we are better together. We are better together. Just be encouraged today. You can make it. You can do it. You're not alone. Amen, girls. You're not alone. We are cheering you on. We're your biggest cheerleaders. 
and you're gonna do great and mighty things. Take the girl's hand beside you and just give it a little squeeze. And we're just gonna close in prayer and you can go to your next step. Father, we just thank you for this amazing time that we could be together as women and just be real and talk about things that are maybe a little uncomfortable sometimes, but just to give us hope and that we're not alone and that we felt that same thing before we've been there and that God, because you did it for them, you're gonna do it for us. And God, I just pray blessings over every woman, wherever she's at. Maybe she's struggling today. Maybe she doesn't know if she can make it another day. She is just so weary. God, give her strength, give her courage to know that you are with her, that you are not leaving her. You will never forsake her. And Father, just be the lifter of our head today. God, let these women be a powerful force in our world, God. And we just thank you for every single girl and the impact that they are making. And we love you and praise you. And everybody said, amen. Give about five girls a big hug and tell them you love them. And we'll see you later.